Now, I don't know if you caught that little guy. He was up here waving a flag. Had his eyes closed. I'm like, wow. Wow. Our kids, when our kids are learning how to get in the presence of God, you know how powerful that is? You know how long it took me? I was an old man by the time I figured that out. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I'll give you some good news today. You are called for such a time as this. You mean today? You mean in the nasty now and now that we live in? You mean with everything's falling apart? You are called for such a time as this. So, count it all joy. Pretty excited about that, I see. That's the title of this message. Count it all joy. And the reason I wanted to, to go here today is because we talked about the spiritual warfare, and this is, this is something I want you to understand and I'm gonna, I've got lots of stories to tell today because it goes along with the sermon and, and their personal stories. And some of you have heard these stories before, and some of you that are new may be brand new, but there is a point to it. When we are going through trials and tribulations that we're going to go through, there is a reason. Either the enemy is trying to steal it, kill it, or destroy it, or he's trying to stop you from getting to where God needs you to be because there's something that God needs you to do. Oh, I'm sorry. I need you to come on up here. <laughs> well, you can do it from there. It don't matter. Yep, because there's something that... It's this. Yes, you need to share this, and then I'll get going. So, I'm sure it will. Go ahead. <gasps> my daughter left the band door open last night, and uh, I don't know if I'll need that or not. And so the it wouldn't start. So uh, long story short, uh, if you doubt that the Holy Spirit was here this morning, then we your were, woods wet. Man, we we were we were walking out, and I got closer to the door. As I got closer to the door, I was like, "Whoa, what's going on in there?" My hand was so tingling and feeling numb. Holy Spirit was just, we got here as he was calling you to the altar. And, uh, man, so thick. I, I haven't, I still am shaking. And we only were, we weren't even here for the worship. So the Holy Spirit is moving in this place today. Amen. And he wants to touch hearts today. I wrote this out, these verses, and I've been meaning to give this verse for quite some time now. But I wrote it out this morning for another uh, woman that is here today. And, uh. The testimony of the darkness. Um, I heard another lady say in front of me that he called this out, the darkness, into the light because the devil loves to hide. <laughs> and so um, the Lord gave me this verse. And a lot of times I come here, the worship, it, people are really down. I could feel the heavy spirit in here. And so he's told me to give this first so many times, and I, I, it, I just never did, or it didn't seem the right time, but today he wanted you to know. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. So when the devil comes and he says, where is she? Georgia, but cancer, you can say, but God, <laughs> or he says, but mold, and you can say, but God, he comes, but a miscarriage, but God, but a, a lost grandchild, but God, so we are to call out, declare 
that we are his chosen people. Amen. We are his royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are his special possession. And when we come to this place, we are to declare that in his praise. Let it be a, a, a praise when we worship him because of all the stuff he has done. He has called us out of the darkness and into his light. And I know that's a word for someone here today that don't feel like you are anything. And I've been there a million times, but I want to say to each and every one of you that you are chosen and you are so special to him. Amen. So that's Amen. Good, good word. word. Praise God. That's a good word because that's the word. Good stuff. Um, and you know, I've got to tell you, let me confirm that that is Holy Ghost because that exact verse came forth this morning in Cedarville through someone else. The exact verse. that Because God was moving there. There's a, there was a Holy Ghost present there this morning, and there was an altar thing going on there. And, and somebody came in and said, I really feel like God went in the exact verse. So God's trying to say something. So when you're going through those battles, that darkness, count it all joy. See, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. We're going to have to fight the fight. And it's not an easy fight. I've said that over and over and over. I don't want to dismiss it as, well, you know, just get over it. You know, this is the thing. Right now, we are dealing with such mental warfare. Um, fear, anxiety, stress, depression, oppression. Those are, these are realities that we are dealing with today. And it's very troubling for somebody to say, you know, because I, I understand, I, you know, we, we live through this. Somebody that deals with anxiety, well, just get over it. If you break your leg, just get over and walk on it. What's wrong with you? Just get over it. You know, sometimes it takes some healing. Sometimes it takes some time. Sometimes it takes some strengthening. But we will win. But count it all joy. Now, I don't know about you, but doesn't it bug you when you're, you're, you're going through some really heavy things and people say, well, count it all joy, brother. How about if I give you five in the count it all joy when I put my fist in your eye? <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it. You know, and I'm not talking about when, when you're going through tribulations that you're supposed to be this cheerleader. Oh, I'm counting joy. No, it's more like understanding, you know what, I know who I am in Christ because if when I'm going through troubles and somebody comes and does a cheer to me, I'm going to knock you out. Because I don't want to hear it. And I'm not feeling this joy you're talking about. It's really easy to be bubbly about somebody else's situation. Hey, I see the stroke you're going, count it all joy, brother, it'll be easy, no problem, you can do this, rah, rah, rah. I'm living it. It'd be much better to say, man, I'm with you, I'm praying for you. How can I strengthen you? How can I encourage you? What can I do for you? But we can count it all joy, and, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Because the reason I want to say this, because we've been talking about spiritual warfare, and some of the things you are going through, folks, if it is not self-inflicted, let me just put it that way. Some of you are in some situations because you chose to be in those situations. But when you are going through some things, the enemy is trying to stop you from getting to something because he's got something for you to do. And here it is. It's easier for the enemy to, to nip it in the bud than deal with it when it's mature. Because if you get here and you get a hold of some things, the enemy is done. And he knows it. So let me get them here. That's why it's so hard after our kids. If I get them when they're this, I don't have to worry about them when they're this. Always. Now, so just so I know I'm in the right place, how many of you are going through some tests and trials today? Hey, poo, hey, wow. I'm not the only one. Praise God. 
Praise God. All right? Count it all joy. Now, I hate it when people do that, but here, listen, let's go to James chapter 1. James, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brother. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Wow. That's in the Bible. I don't like it. But it's in there. It's like Prego, so you're going to have to deal with it. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Because we live in an instant society, we think that we should be able to say a prayer and it should be done right now. In some cases, yes. In some cases, no way. We're sometimes we just have to be patient and trust God. That is called faith. Can you trust God even when it doesn't look good? Can you trust God in the middle of the storm and all you see is darkness? Can you trust God when the report is, I'm not paying for that black mold that's all over my house? Can you trust God anyway? Or do you say, nope, can't trust you, God. You're going to have to be patient. And sometimes we go through real trials, and they are difficult. And they're not easy. And our Christian brothers, they help you right out. Well, you must be in sin if you're going through that. Again, fist in eye. Thank you for that encouragement, you know? That's Bible. You know, no trial, pretty weak faith, you know? I mean, if you want to get stronger, you got to lift weights. You know what? You're going to go through some things. No test, no testimony. It's part of life. It's part of, you know, what we go through. Does God have it, in, have it in His hands? You bet He does. Knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now that word perfect does not mean sinless, but mature. So trials, you know what? I am so much more mature than I was 20 years ago in the faith. I'm much more patient. I'm much more allowing God to work things out instead of getting frantic and me trying to fix it and work it out and then having a bigger mess that's saying, God, why have, you, why have you forsaken me? He said, I didn't forsake you, but you won't give me time to fix it because you're trying to, you're getting in the way, boy. Sometimes we need to just step back and allow God to be God and stay out of his way. Patience, in my opinion, this is my opinion, is a dirty word in the body of Christ. It shouldn't be there. I don't like it. Because I have to have it. And I'm not good at it. I have to practice it sometimes. And I'll tell you, yeah, and I'll tell you something else. I, I believe with all my heart, God gave us children to teach us patience. And I mean, think about God. We're His kids. He's got to have an eternity of patience. <laughs> See, now, yeah, right. Now, joy is not, and when we're talking about joy, not an emotional reaction, but the deliberate, intelligent appraisal of the situation from the perspective of God. I'm not an emotional thing. It's, wait a second. It's, a, it's an intelligent, okay, God, from your perspective, this situation I'm in, okay, you've got this. I can count it all joy. I can have that peace and I have that joy. I'm not talking about the emotion. We're talking about the decision. Okay? 
So we're going to face trials, but don't quit because someone is desperately believing that you are going to make it because they need your help. And so in Mark 4.35, I want to read this to you. Let me go over to Mark. Mark 4.35. I do have a point. I will get there. On the same day when, G- when evening had come, he said to them, Jesus speaking, let us cross over to the other side. Now understand, Jesus had been preaching all day. He tells the men, hey, let's get in this boat and let's go over to the other side of the, the sea here. And he wasn't out just for a boat ride. Now look at this. When he was calling them, look, I preached here, there's something over there that needs to be done. Let's get in the boat and let's go over there. The men got in the boat. They started across the sea, okay, or the lake that they were on. And when Jesus calls us to do something, we need to be obedient. Now, verse 36, very interesting. Look what it says. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Notice something. They left the multitude. Because, you know, you can get a bunch of people around a lot of time that will be in your ear, and they will absolutely distract you and cause you not to do and go where you need to go and do. You need to separate yourself for some, from some multitudes. Now, I call people multitudes. There's some people that are around the things of the Lord, but they're not in the things of the Lord. You know? They, they, man, they, they love the, the moves of the Spirit, but they don't want to live by the Bible. They want to be on the fringes. They want to really be in. You know, I want the blessings of God, but I don't want the righteousness of God. We're going to have to step away from that. See, we've got to leave the multitude. Some people just hanging out. Make no mistake, you will be influenced by someone. No, not me. Listen. I've been born again for, I don't know, almost 30 years now, 27 years, 27, 28 years now. And there's some places that I still don't go and can't go because of the influence. Well, bless God, you're a pastor and you're a spiritual powerhouse and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but I also understand that I'm a man and I've got weaknesses. And my thing is, is listen. If you are a recovered alcoholic, drug addict, do not go back kicking on the same curb that you were that got you addicted to start with. I'm sorry. Listen, I came out of a scene. I'm not going back there. I don't care how strong I am in the Lord. There's still some things that can influence you. So we need to leave the multitude. So Jesus left the multitude. And then verse 37... And a great windstorm arose and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And again, understand that these, these fishermen, they lived, on the, they lived on the lake, man, they fished. There was something different about this storm and they were kind of afraid of it. And so, guess what? And, and I'll tell you the rest of the story in a minute, but Jesus was on a mission to go somewhere and a storm came up. How many of you have been on a path 
and a storm comes up to do what? To stop you, to turn you around, to go back so that you can never get to where God wants you so that not only can you be a blessing, but you can be blessed in it. And the enemy works every single time. I led a man to the Lord one time, and this is the, this is the truth. The next, it was on a Saturday. That next morning is Sunday. He started his car and his engine blew up. Couldn't come to church. Couldn't get to church. Absolutely. Anytime you're going forward with God, you can expect the enemy. Do you think that, well, I got born again, and the enemy's going to say, well, I just lost another one. Ho-hum, I guess I'll move on down the street to the other sinner. Devil's already got the sinners. He wants to take you out. And if he can stop you, then you won't be a blessing to someone else. And do you know how many people are desperately believing that there is some kind of hope out there and you can be that hope for them through Christ, obviously? That's right. So when you do something with the Lord, he may send a storm. And when a storm comes, guess what it does? It consumes you. It consumes your thoughts. It consumes your energy. It consumes your life. It sucks the life right out of you. You see, I understand this because I was in the Gulf of Mexico one time with my father-in-law fishing. We were 20 miles offshore. Beautiful day, just like this. This is September 16th in the Eastern Upper Peninsula. I mean, praise God. Now, you can be one of those doom and gloomers. Yeah, but I know winter's coming. I know winter. Yeah, well, live in today. I, I, just, I just preached to you about last week. Well, you know, tomorrow isn't here yet, so knock it off. You know? Jeepers. I mean, can't you find joy in anything in your life? Holy mackerel. I mean, to tell you. So we're 20 miles offshore, beautiful day like this. And we're fishing away, man, and we're catching red snapper and grouper. I'm having a blast, you know, 20 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico. And about 15 miles off, there's this little thunderhead. Well, my father-in-law, his eyes get about this big around. And he says, we need to get off the, off the ocean. I'm like, I'm, I'm a UP dude, you know. I'm like... I've been in the lake when there's thunderheads. I fish until the lightning comes. You know, what's the big deal? I mean, he's pulling up, tagging, we got to get off right now. And I'm like, what's the big deal, you know? So we get going, and again, we're 20 miles offshore. Well, we get going, and all of a sudden, I mean, it's honest, and there's wind and there's waves, and all of a sudden, the boat bogs down. Well, what had happened, it was he had bought a boat, and he kind of restored it, but in the gas tank, there was sediment, and it clogged the fuel line, the filter. And where the filter was, he couldn't let go of the steering wheel to get to the filter, and I'm a mechanical idiot, so I couldn't help much, right? So we're out there, but we got about, we're about 15 miles out in the middle of the Gulf. You can't see land anywhere. And I understand these fishermen's fear. There was 10-foot 10, 10 waves. You'd go down in the trough, you look all the way around, all you saw was water. And I'm praying in every language that I know, some that I don't know, tongues, Hebrew, Greek, you name it, Spanish. I don't know any Spanish, but I was praying in every tongue that I, you know, you know, Jesus Cristo. That's all I knew. You know, praise them Herr. That's German. I, any, any, I was praying in every language. And then, you know, at that time, my father-in-law, you know, he wasn't saved. And so immediately my mind goes to Jonah. I'll throw him overboard and it'll stop. Right? He's got to be after, you got to be after him, God, because I want it yours. And then I imagine myself, then all of a sudden I hear, and this is the truth, hearing this music in my ears, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Whoa, womp, whoa, womp, whoa, womp. And I'm thinking, we're going to capsize. And I got this orange ring around my thing. I'm a Cheeto for a shark. That's what I thought, man. I'm a Bob and Cheeto. Some shark's just going to eat me. That's, that's what I was thinking. All these thoughts are going through my head. And let me tell you something. At that time, that consumed my thought, my energies, everything. That storm was all I thought about. You know, I'd love to tell you I was so spiritual. Dear God, I've got such peace in the middle of this storm. Now, I was frantic. I'm like, you know, I mean, how far? And then there, there was another boat that was coming off, you know, and, and, uh, and they were speeding, but I had two light, orange life jackets, man, and I'm doing the SOS signals. You know, and they kept going by. Well, there was a few th- words that ran through my head at that time. They didn't come out of my mouth, but they were in there. You're going to leave me out here to drown? You know? So anyway, so the, my point is, is that I'm in the middle of this storm. These, these guys are in the middle of this storm. What we've got to do in the middle of our storm is get the perspective of Jesus. He's bigger than our storm is, really. Even though I could see nothing but water and I thought, that's it, I'm going to die on the ocean. The perspective was, you know what, Lord? You'll get us through this. And if I die, I'm going to be with you anyway. And so we were only going two or three knots and what he would have to do is he'd have to, he'd have to prime the choke and he'd, you know, and he'd turn it into the waves and prime the choke. It took us three hours to get off the ocean. Now, I had thought about taking, I think he was five at that time, my, my five-year-old son on the ocean with us. But at the last minute, we decided, no, we'll leave him at home. And, and, and Davine and, and my mother-in-law were sure there's no way that they're out on the lake. You know, your dad would never be out on the ocean with stuff like this. We couldn't get off the ocean. And then I'm thinking, praise God, my five-year-old son was not with me. Because dad was in freak-out mode. And so, I'm going to tell you, when I, first time we went on, we, Davine and I, we traveled you know, around the country and did some evangelism, and, and we, um, we bought a motorhome, a 1971 Banner motorhome. Um, and listen, this is not a lack of faith, but we dubbed it the Rambling Wreck, because that was a fact. <laughs> we didn't know it at the time, but, and, and I'm going somewhere with this story. The story is a little bit extended, but but I am going to bring it back to, it's about the storm. And it's about the storms we go through. And it's about where God wants to take us and the reason he's wanting to take us there and some of the storms we have to walk through, we've got to get through because there's somebody over on the other side of that storm that needs what we have. Okay, now, so, we're going to go to Texas. We're going to go to Texas from Cedarville and we've got all these meetings lined up and and so we buy this rambling wreck, and, you know, it's a little bit dated, so we decided to need a paint job. So we painted it. It was supposed to be a beige and brown, by hand, if that tells you anything. It turned out being peach. It was peach and brown, 1971. And, and so we got going, and it needed new tires. I mean, I, I bought the thing, and I was so proud, and we're going down the road, and it's bouncing because the tires are bad. So I bought brand new tires for this thing, brand new. So... Praise God, full of faith. I'm an evangelist. I'm going to go save the world. Hallelujah. And so we get going down the street. And, and so we've got to go to, 
We go to Sandusky, Michigan because we got some meetings there. We get to Sandusky, man, we plug it in, and I pull in, and I'm proud. I'm a traveling evangelist with my, with my motor home. And the first thing that happens, we get out there, and we see that there's a bunch of water under the refrigerator in our motor home. Well, the refrigerator died. It just it died in the defrost, and it was no good. So, okay, well, we don't have a refrigerator. No problem. We'll put ice in it because it's a big, it's, now it's an ice box, praise God. But I, being the man of faith I am, I am not deterred. Praise God. God blesses God a plan for me. The devil's a liar and I win. I was pretty cocky about it too. So then we get our meetings done there, great meetings. We, we start down and to go to Texas, we went through the Ohio Turnpike. We went down the Ohio Turnpike. We stopped at a friend's house in Ohio, so we were on the Ohio Turnpike. And all of a sudden, we're going down, and all of a sudden one of these brand new tires of mine explodes. Boom! Well, listen, in all of my wisdom, in all of my faith, man, I bought brand new tires, but I didn't have jack one. So there I sit. No jack, blown tire. So what do I do? Four, I got a four-month-old. We got no air conditioning when we run. Well, we're running. We got air conditioning. We, we're stopped. We got a four-month-old in a tin box in Ohio in July. And mama ain't happy. So, about, yeah, but I got an ice box. So about a mile and a half up the road, there was a service plaza. So I go up to the service plaza, right? And I make a phone call, and over there you can call somebody, and they'll, they'll come out. They've got service people on the turnpike. And so they came out, these, these, these uh, two African-American guys grinning ear to ear. They come out, and they sell me a tire, man, a used tire, a used tire for $120. $120 for a used tire, and they put it on, they're just grinning and smiling, happy, and I'm like, praise God, I sold $120 into my ministry and haven't gotten anywhere yet. And I mean, all of a sudden, I'm starting to feel the storm clouds in the spiritual realm, kind of starting to bubble and boil, and I'm saying, you know. So then, we get, uh, so we stay overnight, and we get up one morning early, because we're going to get the early start in Ohio, and, and we get in, and and I get going, and I get turned around, and I get lost. And so I did what the manly thing is. I stopped and sent my wife in for directions. <laughs> and while she's out there getting directions, all of a sudden I see a glow of fire coming from under my feet. There was a, 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 there was a, dim, a wire to a dimmer switch, and the dimmer switch overheated and caught a fire. So guess what? I just pulled the, dimmer switch, pulled the wires out of the dimmer switch. Guess what happens when you do that? You don't have any lights. So it's 4.30 in the morning. We're in Ohio with no lights, not going anywhere. But praise God, I'm on a mission from God. So finally, so finally, so finally it comes. Well, yeah, well, really what, what happened was, so then, so we get on the turnpike, and it's dark. It's that night, and we're, we're driving down the turnpike, and, and I'm going along, and then all of a sudden, the lights go, whew, no lights at night on your whole turnpike with trucks. And they're going, ah, 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 you know, and I'm trying to get to the thing. Well, I get to the, I get off the thing and, and they've got, it's a toll road and you got to pay a toll. So I get into the toll booth and the motorhome dies. Well, the guy at the toll booth, he's happy as a lark. He just puts up an orange cone behind it says, close for the night. Because I'm not starting, right? Now listen, I've got a point to all these stories. Really, I do. 
It's all about going through this storm. All right, and I'll get to a point here in just a few minutes, but I got to get through this because it's, it's really just a great story. All right? And so, what do we do? We call the towing service again. Guess who shows up? The same two African guys. I see two bright smiles in the front window. And for $120, they tow me to a service place. And I found out that a regulator was gone. So I need a new regulator. So that was $250. I'm five or $600 into my ministry and haven't gotten anywhere yet. Now I'm thinking the storm's starting to beat on us. And I'm saying, you know, maybe we should turn around and go home. Because I'm convinced the Ohio is the demon state. <laughs> so finally, finally, we get the regulator, and I'm like, bless God, I'm a spiritual man, and I'm gonna, we're going to preach the gospel. Thousands are going to get saved through this. Hallelujah. So we go, and we get to Corpus Christi, Texas. Now, I am not a truck driver. I don't know anything about it. All I've ever seen is these truck drivers got these, these rods, these club-looking things, and they, they go around and hit their tires. I don't know why, but I saw them do it, so I got me a little thing. I mean, Corpus Christi, I get out, and I'm hitting my tires. I hit that inner tire, and it goes, tonk. And I'm like, no, I'm not a genius, but rubber tires don't go tonk. So I crawl back in there. I got two of the shiniest steel tires you've ever seen on the inside. I mean, there's no rubber left. They're tires only in the sense that they were round. Well, across the thing, there was a Walmart for $120 a piece. I got me two new tires. No, and that was the price, $120. And so now I'm thinking, God, if you... And then we stepped out of the motorhome in Texas, and I got, in July, I got a revelation of hell. I said, God, you brought me all the way down to Texas and kill me? Why didn't you leave me in the UP? At least I have a place to be buried. So I got new tires, and we still haven't preached a meeting yet. All right? So we finally we, we, we got to Corpus Christi. We did that. I had a meeting, got to preach. Praise God. Not a lot happened, but I was there, and I preached. Praise God. So we get to Angleton, Texas. That's our next stop. And it starts a torrential downpour. Now, in the spiritual realm, it's already pouring. I'm already decided. I'm done. That's it. If I ever make it home, never again, God, never again. I'm done. Nope, that's it. Never doing it. Too much. Too hard. You know. So, a torrential downpour, and in my motorhome, all of a sudden, rain is pouring in the windows. Smart man that I am, I grab me a, to a tube of caulk, man. Caulk those babies right shut. Yes, sir, ain't no rain coming in those. Well, let me tell you, the next morning when it's 105 degrees in Angleton, Texas, and you try to open your window, and it's caulked shut. There ain't no air happening. So I'm out there with my knife trying to cut the cock off so we can open the window so my wife doesn't. Now, again, my wife, she ain't happy. With my four-month-old, they're, they're in the back. You know, can you imagine your wife in the back, sweat pouring down her hair a mess, baby crying and looking at you? Okay, called one. Okay, anointed one. What now? I 
Okay, I am coming to an end. I am I'm winding this down. Give me another few minutes. I'm winding this down. I'll get some more scripture. I'll wind all this up. I'll tie it all in. So then we get to, so we do our preaching in, in, in Angleton, Texas, and, and then we go to Louisiana, and, and we're, we're preaching for this guy. He's got a, he's a pastor, and he owns an RV park, and they have a big family reunion, all African Americans, and it was great. We pulled in, and, and there was one shade tree. We said, that's the one. Nobody under, there was nobody, I mean, nobody was under the tree. And I'm like, woo-hoo-hoo, shade for us. Pulled in under the tree, hooked up, man, we're golden. Do you know that for years we got an invitation to that family reunion? Because we hung out with them. It was an absolute riot. Crawdads and, and fish and, and catfish and, and wild stories. Anyway, so we get, to, we get to Louisiana, and all of a sudden we've got this little you know, half-shower thing. Well, the water line broke. No water. They ain't taking no shower. No water and things. So now, you know, but they've got a facility, and we're all good. Well, then, all of a sudden, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and my, wa- my son wakes up with a devil scream. Ah! And I'm like, what is going on? Guess what? In Louisiana, they got these things called fire ants. So here's what happened. The reason there was nobody under that tree, because there was a fire ant hill behind the side of the tree, and I pulled in, and they had a four-lane highway from that tree up my mud flap into my motorhome. They were everywhere in our clothes. And I'm going to tell you what, those things, fire ants are this. They're demons in itty-bitty bodies. And so I, I learned spiritual warfare that day. A can of raid and praying in tongues. Shaka-la-baka, shaka. Die, demon. And so when we came home, I went around Ohio. Just saying. I went through Nebraska. Okay, so saying all that, in verse 38... It says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why, do you, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Not even the wind and the sea obey him. Now, I'm not going to read all of this to you the next chapter, but if you read on, They went through that storm. They got to the other side. There was a man in the Gadarenes, a place of death. Nobody could hold him. Shackled, cut himself, tormented. Jesus had to get to that side to make him free. If Jesus had turned around and said, too much, too hard, let's go back, that man never would have been made free. When we go through storms in life and the enemy is beating on us, there is a reason he's trying to steal it, kill it, or destroy it, or stop you from getting where you need to be because people need what you have. That good word, that prayer, that encouragement, whatever it might be. All right? And I'll tell you what. So here was the culmination of all this for me. We went through all that. We're on a beach in Texas, and it is hot. And I see this little boy, and he's, his legs are deformed. And he's, he's walking on the beach, and he's got these two little walkers, and he's walking on the beach, struggling, 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 struggling. 
my heart just broke for him. And there's mom encouraging her. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And so I went over and I was talking to mom. And, and she was telling me, she said, well, you know, he's had all these surgeries. He's going to have a lot more surgeries. But, but they're walking, he's walking on the beach to try to strengthen his legs, you know, for these surgeries. And I said, well, you know, can, well, can I pray for him? Yeah, I believe God can heal him. You know, can I pray for him? And she said, well, absolutely. We'd love for you. And I'm praying for him. And, and well, I'm praying the kind, kid kind of straightened up. And I'm like, yeah, man, his legs are going to be healed. He's going to walk. It's going to be great. But that didn't happen. And I said, Lord, I went through all of that. I had this opportunity. And, and, and you didn't show up. Now, this is, I'm just being honest. And the Lord spoke to me that day. And he said, would you go through all that to be obedient to me? Whether I did anything or not. Would you do it out of obedience to me? And I said, absolutely I would. See, it did something in me that day. All of a sudden I realized it's about my obedience and trusting God with everything else. And do I believe in God's healing? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, I went through, I went through that. It was more about me than it was anything I could have done on the other side. But now I want to flip that. Once you get to that point where you, are, you go through those storms and you get to that other side and realize that, you know what, God, you've done something in me, now you can help others do something in them. Because I'll tell you, before I started this journey, I was somebody. I had a 19-foot motor home that could barely get down the high, but I was somebody. And it didn't matter if I went through the storms because I was gonna I was gonna preach to thousands, thousands were gonna come. I was gonna go down there, and somebody's gonna give me a Lear jet, and I was gonna go intercontinental. That's right. That's right. Is that yep, yep. Yeah, I was yeah. That's why, yeah, exactly. That was my mindset. Through all of that, God used all of that to bring humility. And I'm on this thing knowing that, hey, I'm somebody and God can heal him. And then all of a sudden I realize it's all about God. It's all about Christ. It's not about me at all. Everything that I went through as we look back helped me become the man of God that I am today. And so I just want to encourage you. I know that the enemy is buffeting some of you. Don't quit. Don't give up because at the end of this thing, there is a mission. Just like the man in the place of death, there was no hope for him. They tried to bind him. He broke the shackles. They just left him out there on an island because he's crazy. We can't deal with him. Jesus came and made him absolutely free. But if he had turned around when that storm came up, like the disciples said, don't you care that we're dying? I get that. I'm thinking, that's you, God, why are, am I going? But it was about me. And going through those storms and trusting God in the middle of them. And every one of you have a testimony about going through some storms. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, God, you're God. And you can and will do all things. And I can get through this because you'll strengthen me. If we can get to that place, 
and don't quit in the middle of these storms, we can change this entire region one person at a time. Don't quit. Don't give up. If the enemy's trying to stop it, it means you've got something that he doesn't want other people to get a hold of. Because when they do, he's just lost more of his kingdom. And Christ has gained more in his. So let me see if I can, if that's a good place to close, I think. Let me just see if there's anything, other points I want to make. Now notice it says in Mark 5.19, I want to close with this. However, he wanted to follow Jesus. But he said to him, go, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You go through your storms and you touch a person's life, they will, they will go and tell. Oh my goodness. Man, I was this and somebody came and they prayed for me and this happened. And, and they, you can't shut them up. Jesus would tell people all the time, don't say anything. You, the minute you tell somebody, this is a secret, you can bet it's not going to be a secret. You can bet on it. So all of this today wasn't real deep theological stuff. But listen, I want you to be encouraged that the storms we're going through, God will use everything. Get through it. He'll take you through it. Like we said, the rough waters, we got a boat, he'll get us through it. There's someone on the other side of this storm that needs what you've got. They need what you've got. Don't give up, don't quit. Too many have abandoned the operation too quickly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, you know, I grew up and looked at you and wife and said, oh, you're crazy. I'm not going to go. And now I spend thousands of hours with you. Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize on that, too. Then I got saved, and uh, we built the first church. My dad went to ball camp because my dad loved construction. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it just, it, it, just, it was like a storybook. Yeah. I got talking to him. And there was an older gentleman at that church that lived with me, my dad. And when I told him this story about my dad getting saved, he didn't believe me at all. Wow. And I mean, it was just, it was a powerful moment for me. And it's just a powerful, it's just a powerful story that I've never heard in a revival. Amen. I just want every one of you to be encouraged. Not only can God use you, he wants to. And the storms that you're going through, don't quit. 
because somebody needs your testimony. Somebody needs your story. Somebody needs sometimes your faith to get them through. And we need to be those people. Every one of you got your story like this, I'm sure of it. Thanks for listening to mine today. And hopefully this was an encouragement to you that you know what? In the middle of the storm, Christ is at, and still at the stern of the boat. He will turn your storm into a cool tropical breeze and he will get you to the other side and he will use you in powerful ways. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for these people that are gracious enough to listen to some of my stories. And Lord, I pray that somehow you use this to encourage them to do all that you've called them to do, all that you need them to do in this hour, because we are called for such a time as this. It's not an accident. We are on the planet today. So I thank you, and I just pray for your peace and your blessing in people's lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, God bless you guys today. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Thursday night prayer, 7 o'clock.